Hello, welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension based in Macomb, Illinois. And today we are going to be talking about pruning our backyard fruit trees and can't do this alone. Uh, definitely need some help with this. Uh, so we have my friend and colleague, Andrew Holsinger. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us. Uh, Andrew, where where exactly are you located uh, in terms of uh, in the state of Illinois? Well, I'm here in the heart of central Illinois, about an hour south of Springfield in the counties of christian jersey mccoupin and montgomery okay and 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 basically what zone would that be since we're talking fruit trees i like to think about it sort of in in in, in hardiness zones what zone are, are you located in i believe uh, depending on the situation uh, five or six five or six okay it, yeah because it, you, you're kind of central on the bubble yeah you're right there on the bubble there um and whereas i'm at more solid zone five um but before we get into the topic of fruit trees, I want to learn a little bit more about you. Um, you know, why you're a horticulture educator. You know, what, what's some of that background? Why did you pick horticulture? Was it was it something as a child? You always were outside, um, a, a teacher or a parent. Like, you know, why did you study horticulture? Why did you get into it? Well, from my childhood, I did uh, grow up in a setting of nature in the Shawnee Natural Forest in southern Illinois. I lived at the Lake of Egypt uh, near Goreville, my hometown, and uh, it was just uh, something that I really didn't pursue until after I was married. Uh, my wife, she was a, a teacher of the visually impaired and blind. She had her bachelor's degree, and I had only aspired to get my associate's degree. And so after we met and, uh, you know, my employment of working a full-time job in a, a manufacturing position at, on an assembly line, I thought, well, I probably should aspire for better and greater things. And my dad always had a garden, and he still continues to have a garden, and he'd even garden with others. We'd have uh, different uh, older couples that he would go to their uh, location and help them with their garden, and so I have even more of a bountiful harvest. It was just something that I felt kind of a calling to pursue, and I'm glad to be doing what I'm doing. That's awesome. I just, I think it it seems like a common theme, you know, folks that maybe gardened with a parent or were just outside, and and the Shawnee, that national park. I mean, that's just it's an absolutely beautiful part, uh, not of the state of Illinois, but kind of a entire North America. That's just a really, really nice place. I also, I went to school down in Carbondale, spent a lot of time out there. Um, and, and you can just get lost in the, in nature down there. And yeah, very easy to do. Yeah. So you, you traded assembly line work for, uh, shovel in your hand, digging in the dirt. I, that's, that's very cool. And, um, but also, I mean, the big part, biggest part of our job is educating others. And before, before you got into, life as horticulture educator with U of I Extension, did you have any other horticulture-related jobs or, or what kind of research did you do um, with your schooling? Well, as far as jobs go, I did some substitute teaching after I graduated from uh, with my bachelor's degree. I also had, uh, you know, some horticulture experience. I worked at a peach orchard kind of through the summer 
uh, on a couple occasions and also worked at the DeCoin State Fairgrounds and their grounds crew. And so during the fair, it was, you know, preparations to make the, the fair look the, the greatest that it could and got to help with some of the landscaping beds and uh, taking care of the plants and the planters. And it was a good experience. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. That's very rewarding, I think, just working outside. And I, our job's kind of the best of both worlds. We get to work inside on freezing cold days and or very hot days. And then when the weather's nice, we can go outside and and do gardening work and work with volunteers and work in the community. So I think we have the best of both worlds right now with our job. Andrew, let's dive into fruit trees and specifically talking about pruning fruit trees. Now your background, um, you know, you mentioned you worked at Peach Orchards um, uh, and you do a lot of classes. You teach master gardener training, fruit trees. Tell me first, right off the bat, the biggest question I always get is, when do I need to prune my fruit trees yeah that is a common question that uh, we get at times and uh, the best time to prune fruit trees is in the late winter into the early spring it uh, affords you the best protection for winter hardiness if you prune too early you can uh, make the the trees uh, come out of dormancy so you don't want to do that and it also affords for the the better tree health uh, summer pruning is an option uh, for some of your trees, but it's a, a less severe pruning at that time. You don't want to take too much of the, the foliage away and weaken the tree. Okay, and, and when you go to prune that late winter, early spring time frame, do you have a, a an amount that you need to take off or like a ratio of tree that has to be removed it is a consideration you're looking at the overall balance of the tree you don't want to remove more than 30 percent of the tree but uh, some of this uh, pruning can be uh, pretty severe uh, whenever you're dealing with fruit trees they uh, sometimes have a lot of vigor and uh, produce a lot of suckers in the interior of the tree and it's good to you know open up that canopy and get the sunlight that's needed to help ripen the fruit that and and that's that's something i I always hear a lot you know we got to prune fruit trees to get a lot of sunlight so we get good production for good fruit production any other reasons good reasons to prune our fruit trees and in terms of uh, i don't know health yeah that uh, pruning will allow for sun penetration but it also increases the air movement and so when it comes to the canopy of the tree you want it to it to dry as quickly as possible so you lessen your chances of fungal diseases so overall you're going to have a healthier and more productive tree in the years to come and it's best to start whenever the trees are young to provide the proper structure and and when you're talking about fruit trees and we're just kind of doing a blanket statement here but maybe more specifically is is there a difference between say i i have an apple tree in my backyard um and i got a peach tree or cherry tree do do i do it differently for those trees? Is there different techniques that's, that I need to be following? Uh, there are different uh, techniques or strategies whenever it comes to pruning. Uh, not all trees are created equal. So even whenever it comes to cultivars and the different uh, types of trees, there can be variation. So uh, the most common uh, method typical for your stone fruits is the open center system and so this system the central leader is removed from the tree after a period of time 
and then you have uh, scaffold branches. So it looks more like a vase or an open umbrella whenever you look at it. It's a system that's used for tart cherries, plums, apricots, and peaches. When it comes to backyard fruit trees, you know, what, what's the one you think that what it, maybe it's your favorite one or maybe it's the one you think more homeowners should grow because it might be easier or the fruit's just tastier? What's, what's do you recommend to folks grow in their yard? You know, from I guess my favorite uh, fruit tree is probably the peach tree. Uh, it's self-fertile, so you don't need a, an additional fruit tree in order to get fruit. And, uh, you know, with my experience, it, with that open vase uh, system, once you get it established and you've identified your scaffold branches, it's it's pretty easy to, to maintain and to, to keep your production. Uh, one thing I see that uh, people don't take advantage of is that uh, reducing the height of the tree. Uh, you really need to maintain the the height of the tree to where you can access that fruit and so if you neglect pruning uh, your tree is going to get taller and you're going to have uh, more problems uh, managing your experience of fruit production yeah and i see that a lot too and that's actually most people will call us you know their tree is now like 20 30 foot tall and they're like what do i do well you're that, that's you're kind of in the woods right there because the amount of pruning to reduce the height of that tree, I, I think would be probably a little too stressful for that tree. But there's techniques like, you know, you can buy a tree that is grafted onto a, a dwarf rootstock. That that works, right? Yeah, the, the dwarfing rootstock, it uh, is an advantage to have a smaller tree, but there's also other considerations with that. Uh, you may have a smaller tree, but it also may need staking if you have uh, such a dwarfing rootstock on that tree. And so trellising and, uh, you know, accommodations for that have to be taken into consideration. And, and there's probably, I've seen different growers use different types of staking techniques. That, is that something that backyard growers, uh, homeowners, do they... Is that something that they typically need to do? Well, it, it depends on the, the tree and the, the type of system that they use. Basically, uh, some of the other systems that we haven't talked about yet are the central leader and the modified central leader system. And those are typical for like your apples and pears and uh, some of your other fruit trees. And so you have a, a central leader and it, uh, when you have a central leader tree, it resembles the shape of a Christmas tree. So you have uh, zones of branches and the kind of a pyramidal shape. And so the, the modified central leader is after uh, the tree has grown to a certain extent, it, the leader of it is topped or trained to become uh, kind of in the same scenario as the lateral branches. Interesting. And, and Andrew, did, haven't you done... A, a a webinar on this a recorded webinar was it on fruit tree pruning or was it just culture what what other resources do you have for folks that are listening i did a, a webinar about uh, grow your own tree fruit and so it had a lot of the introductory material to learn such as the the different systems of pruning also the different cultivars that you might want to select because uh, some of the cultivars uh, may have disease resistance to where 
you may not have to worry uh, so much as others on a spray program. But one of the things that uh, people also don't consider with fruit trees is how much of a, a maintenance and a, an effort has to be put forth in order to get a good quality fruit. Yeah, I, I often hear um, at meetings, whether you're working with a, another community organization or group, you know, they want to try to provide more food for the community. They say, well, why don't we just plant more apple trees along the road? And uh, you're kind of, and they, they think, you know, the apple just grows, you pick it and you eat it. And that's that's very far from, from the truth because not only does the tree typically produce way too much fruit than it can actually um, develop, you know, we have insects and disease and all kinds of other things that, that goes into creating these delicious fruits that we find in the grocery store. So uh, very interesting. And you can find your webinar recording. It is on our University of Illinois Extension Horticulture YouTube channel. But Andrew, right now, I would like to dive into a couple of client questions that came in regarding fruit trees. So if you're ready to tackle some of these, we're going to get started. Hey, good good time as any. All right. So our first question comes from a client. Uh, this came out of Knox County. Um, this homeowner, he has an apple tree. It's sending up lots of suckers and water sprouts. And he wants to know, should he remove them? And why does he have so many of these coming out of his tree? And, and maybe also we need to distinguish what a sucker and a water sprout is well the the suckering of an apple tree is a, a common occurrence you know you can have suckering from the root of the the tree at the base of the plant or you can also have what's called uh, water sprouts and it's structural kind of you know the the water sprouts they grow very vigorously and so and they, the more upright of a growth that you have in an apple tree, the less fruitful it is. So you want to have horizontal growth in your surface of production. So the, to accomplish that, you can remove uh, some of these. Uh, typically during the dormant season is a good time to uh, remove some of these uh, water sprouts and also the root suckers. Uh, sometimes with your differences in root stocks, you can have a, the rootstock a sucker, and that's not the same tree as the scion wood or the upper portion of the tree. So you want to eliminate those uh, root suckers so you just have the predominant uh, top scion portion of the tree, and that's your desired cultivar that you're looking to grow. Yeah, don't cultivate those root suckers and think you're going to get the same fruit that the the tree itself is bearing. They're, yeah, they're two different two different types of apple trees. So next question here, Andrew. So this homeowner uh, has planted a dwarf apple. So it looks like they planted a myriad of, of different fruit trees, a dwarf apple, peach, and nectarine. This was in last spring, they said. So that's 2017. Back then, they were only three foot tall, but now they're six foot tall. And this year, they noticed that the fruit of all the trees except the apple dropped a bunch of tiny immature fruit they want to know is this normal well it's not unusual for apple trees to drop fruit there's a, a period that is referred to i believe as the june drop and so uh, there's a certain amount of the fruit does need to be removed as a thinning practice so that way the 
tree doesn't have so much fruit that the branches can become broken because of the overbearing weight. You also have to be careful uh, when applying some of your insecticides that uh, some of those can have a uh, response that can cause the fruit to drop. So you have to have a, a good balance of timing whenever it comes to thinning and uh, insecticide application. The more that you thin the fruit, the, the larger the apples will be, but you also have to have adequate irrigation. And so during a dry year, you might have to consider adding uh, irrigation uh, to the tree to help it survive the, the drought and to produce a larger apple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I often tell folks, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really hard thing to do, but thinning your fruit is going to yield bigger, tastier fruit long term and, and making sure that you know we're not overdoing it with some of the insecticides and things early in spring especially when trees are in bloom and, and shortly thereafter so watch it with those insecticides and uh, and also peach and nectarine they take care of the excess fruit themselves right or, or what's the proper term uh, they self thin is that correct well, there is still some uh, thinning that you have to do on your peaches and nectarines, uh, but usually it's fairly early. Uh, I remember having uh, the wiffle ball bat technique and uh, knocking some of those fruit off of the tree because, uh, again, it does affect the size, and you, you can have uh, too many fruit on a peach tree and uh, still have some limb breakage. So uh, it's important to uh, take some of that fruit off depending on the, the season. Another good reason for your apple trees why to uh, thin is some of them have a tendency for biennial bearing where they'll produce a lot of fruit one year and then not so much the, the next year. So if you uh, adequately thin, you can help to balance that to where you have a crop every year and you don't have to go without uh, a productive tree for a season. Okay, and, and this next question is actually a follow-up to that last one. It's the same same homeowner. He followed up because his dwarf apple, and he says here it's a Fuji apple, because it is bearing fruit just in that second year that after he planted it, mm -hmm. he wants to know should he remove all of those apples so the tree focuses on establishment or can he leave the apples, or, or, or what should he do in this case? Well, it's best uh, for your younger fruit trees, uh, when they're only just a few years old, to remove that fruit so it puts more energy into the structure of the tree and the vegetative growth. It does take a lot of energy to produce the fruit, and so uh, I would suggest uh, the removal of the fruit until it's the appropriate time that you should be uh, obtaining fruit. Yeah, and and that's pretty much kind of depends on variety and what type of root stock it's on and you know, those types of factors that, that play into it. All right, so last question here. Now, this comes from a homeowner in Warren County. They said that they have a pear tree, and this is a, a fruiting pear tree, not an ornamental pear tree. Okay. So they said the leaves are curling and turning black, and their words uh, quoted here looks like it was scorched by fire. They said the branch tips, they are curled and look dead. Um, they're not getting hardly any fruit this year. They want to know, is the tree dying? 
uh, or what's going on here? Well, it sounds like it could be uh, the bacterial disease of fire blight. And uh, it's pretty aptly named fire blight because it does look like it was scorched by fire when you have the infection. Uh, one thing to look for is uh, the common shepherd's crook at the tips of the branches. Uh, they'll be bent over and it's kind of a common indicator. But, you know, you, know, you could also, uh, there are some diseases that look similar to fire blight. And we do have a University of Illinois plant clinic that can help with the diagnosis of uh, some, you know, various diseases. So it might be uh, something to send to the plant clinic or consult a, a University of Illinois Extension educator to uh, get a better determination. But speaking of consulting educators, Andrew, what, what's a good way to get in touch with you? How can people follow you? Well, they can uh, send me an email at aholsing at illinois.edu, or my main uh, phone number is 217-532-3941. Excellent. And so, yep, folks, if you got questions about uh, backyard fruit tree production, uh, get in touch with Andrew or your nearest uh, University of Illinois Extension office. That was a lot of great information about uh, pruning fruit trees, and I will leave a link in the uh, description of the show notes below uh, to Andrew's recorded webinar. Um, Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today on the Good Growing Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, everybody, thanks for listening.